Disclaimer. What you're about to hear represents the thoughts and opinions of the participants at the moment of recording. We reserve the right to change our minds. and cryptographer. Over the years I've had the fortune to meet a large number of very interesting people, one of them being Julian Romero. Julian is at the last stage of his PhD in optimization at the University of Waterloo. On his spare time he's also a musician and very soon he will be a father as well. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Awesome. So, okay. Uh, oh, we started. All right. Awesome. We started. Well, thank you for coming, Julian. So, uh, we were just talking that you're the the one that has the best setup for uh, recording something. So tell us where where did all these interesting sound systems and uh, music started? Wait, this goes. Uh, I guess I guess this goes back to high school. I guess like I back to I, high school. Yeah, I started to you know like hear like heavy metal and stuff, and I wanted I really wanted to play guitar. Uh huh. And then, and then internet happened. <laughs> <laughs> I went crazy. And recently, I guess YouTube, YouTube, like you see, you see all of these guys with these the huge setups and and all the uh-huh. instruments and stuff. And then you're like, oh yeah, I want to have that. And then I start to learn about like 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 music production. Uh-huh. So I I started to to get my hands on and I really wanted to be able to record. So I I, I like to play music. Um, yeah. I like to, I like to play with synthesizers. I think you yeah, know, I can you tell. You, you really like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think, you think it's, it's easier right now to get into like recording and producing music than Definitely. before? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Like like the the technology has become so cheap right now. Uh, yeah and information right yeah and and also i don't know like the computers are also better because Uh it used to happen that the only way that you can record something with high quality was with these like huge consoles that they have and it's tape Uh recording you know like these big studios right you see the videos of like i don't know 1990s that you see people recording inside the studios all of these Uh they had like the Pro, like audio, everything is analog. Uh, uh-huh. But now with all of this digital revolution and, and the computers being better every time and then the software as well coming better and better, like digital to analog transformer, right. all of this stuff uh, has made possible for musicians to like build setups that you're able to record music in a really high quality level. Uh-huh. But... Uh, but at the same time, it's cheap and it's you can do it in your bedroom. You you don't need to go to these super expensive like expensive studios hey? to record. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I really I'm really new in this thing. Like I'm just starting to kind of record stuff, and I had to buy a microphone. And I was really really confused. Like what's the difference between a USB and XLR and all these things? So can can you tell me really like is it a, a huge advantage between like uh, I mean XLR and USB in quality? Or is it just like very negligible? You will notice. Let's see. So the main thing is that if you want, say, to to record stuff, uh, usually use like plugins, for instance. So you want, like, let's say you're a vocalist now, and then you want to, uh-huh. you want to sing, right? And then you sing, and then uh, vocals have a lot of like, let's say, a processing going on. So afterwards, you want to process stuff, or you want to actually. Right. Uh, sync while the computer is like doing something so the computer is like making the effects and it's recording uh-huh. and, uh, i don't know 
it takes like time, like in pr the processor like has to make these transformations all the time. So right. the difference with XLR is that you need to buy, uh, for, for you connect them to the computer, you need to find something that transforms analog signals into digital. Uh -huh. uh, that can be an audio interface or, or a mixer with USB. And then you connect that into the computer. And now that one takes all the processing and and, uh -huh. and actually like freeze freeze your computer a little bit on oh from doing all uh, on, on, like on, a... and it does it very very fast so so okay because one issue is like um, you you say you say hello and then it takes time to the computer it, it has to travel and then it has to be processed and then you hear it back that right. is latency right so how much time it yeah. takes uh, for actually when you let's say if you want to hear yourself let's say you play guitar and then you you have this plugin um, uh, that simulates an amplifier of the guitar, and then you uh -huh. play one note in your guitar. So it has to move, then it has to enter the computer, and then it has to the, the computer has to process that signal and then return to your speakers the actual sound of that distorted let's say guitar, right? And right. then uh, and then if you don't use a proper like audio interface. When you're doing this, it sounds like delayed. So because it, it takes some time. Okay, so when you buy these things, like you actually like can process things faster. Um, uh -huh. And then I guess they have like this convergence in the USB, in the USB adapters and then the new USB microphones. This is actually new. Like usually, usually you used to, you need uh, um, these complicated setups to, to like record your voice and all this stuff. But right, right. now, like probably they, they have something maybe some processing going on in the mic so that you can actually do this faster to the to the mm -hmm. usb um because do you have to install anything when you buy your for this microphone i didn't have to install anything it, it was just plug and play oh yeah. that's amazing yes, yeah yes and for example like my headphones are connected to the mic so i guess i can hear myself as i'm speaking mm. And probably the mic is doing something else going into the computer. I have I'm kind of oblivious to it. I don't know exactly what's happening, but yeah. I mean it's it's quite interesting. Uh, I didn't know. I, I decided for this mic because it also has the option for XLR. Mm. And at some point, uh, somewhere I read that in order to have two guests or two people speaking, you you really need a analog interface. That is an important point. Yes, yes. Yeah, so that was a kind of a deal breaker because at some point I would like to have someone in here. Uh, so it, it it was an important reason why I decided for this mic. Uh, I mean, I'm starting with uh, with an USB, but then uh, at some point when I'm able to have someone over, I would like to have some, another uh, microphone and the audio interface, a proper audio interface to do it. That makes sense because... Uh... Because what is going to happen? So if you connect, you cannot connect two USB. Uh, so you, if you connect two USB ports to your computer, uh, the computer has to select which audio to use, right? Yes. Uh -huh. So if you're in a Mac, you can select two. So so sometimes okay. in the Macs, you can actually like circumvent this kind of thing and you actually can have multiple inputs and oh, okay. blend it like into one. But this takes time, like, like it is slower than if you have one. Right. Uh -huh. unit and you connect everything to that unit and it goes to the and it goes to the computer so so right now i'm using uh, a mixer it's a yamaha mixer and it takes 10 inputs and you get all oh, those wow. 10 inputs and then you connect it via usb and it works like as like an audio interface because there is there is like mixers and they only like mix stuff right so you may you put right. 10 signals and it it, it outputs one mixes one Mixes one, it, and then you buy like an audio interface to connect it. But this one has like this advantage that it also works like an audio interface. So, right, all the ten are coming, and then uh, it's entering right up into the computer. And you you obtain ten tracks at the end in the computer. You see no. ten different tracks. No, no, no. Oh, in you this, see one, one in track? this one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always you need an okay. audio interface with ten inputs. Okay. So, uh -huh. So yeah, so that one, that one would be more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that would be too much money. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're just starting. It's not <laughs> nothing very professional. Yeah, because and now when you enter to this world of mics, they are going to talk about a preamps a lot. 
and then and then preamps is like okay so you use your microphone but your microphone doesn't have like power itself so you need like something to amplify the signal before uh -huh. it gets to the computer and these preamps tend to color the the tone right so so they that's this is the the selling point between different uh, audio interfaces like they will tell you okay we have like these amazing preamps um, that actually are like uh, making the sound sound better and then there is uh, like the best preamp uh, that i know of i think they have them from universal audio you can check them out they have like this audio interface which is like really cool uh and yeah so when you are buying that then there is that <laughs> there is that uh -huh. additional thing you have to look for so for a really professional setup what things do you need uh let's say you're only recording vocals Oh, always you need a really good mic. So, uh -huh. so there is uh, this Shure SM7 or 7, 7B, I guess. This one is what like the top choice for a lot of like singers, uh, uh -huh. which, yeah. So you need that one. You need an audio interface, let's say to connect it because usually these high end mics are not USB. They are like, because they are using several other setups right so if you are going like right into the mixer initially like a, a, when you're recording music they you have like a an audio interface or something like that so 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 they they so you need an audio interface for that and you need like really good speakers then so which which are called like in the music they call them monitors monitors so audio okay. monitors yes and these ones are our monitors. So, so the thing is that with with speakers uh speakers usually they color the tone a lot uh -huh. Because because of of the what people like people like heavy bass right so they want like yes. they want the the room to I don't know vibrate with the frequencies emitted by the by the speakers and then the, uh -huh. like some people prefer something else and uh, when you are like recording yourself so you want to sort of hear like the the most balanced sound yeah right so. So these these uh, these speakers are designed so that it reproduces the like the the audio as you recorded it. So you you don't get like this like I don't know. Sometimes when you record it, are if you have like really good ear, you will hear all oh, these frequencies like it's this not like there. Sort of uh -huh. sharp and this. There's some noise going on here. I don't want uh -huh. to have that. And then you can actually hear that with the with the audio monitors. So oh, so those are. I've seen several forums and all of them say like one of the most important things to have is like really, really good uh, speakers, really, really good speakers make a difference for in order to record. How about would you recommend first or better to have a, a monitor speaker than an, uh, headphones, like one of these neutral headphones? Uh, no, for starting, I think I think headphones, uh, headphones, it, it's it's the best. Yes, for starting, yeah. yes, I would start with that. I started with that. I started with some Audio Technica. I guess you can. Yes, you can check uh -huh. them out. These ones are the one that a lot of people are using. This, this uh -huh. and the, the the sound quality is really really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that. Yes, so if you are starting, yes, so a good pair of 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 studio like headphones. Mm -hmm. That would be you can find you can find yes. Ah, you need and you need somewhere to record it, right? So you you have you can do Audacity, let's say, which is the free like Audacity, yeah, right? which is the free recording software. Um, but then if you want to use like more like I don't know like this thing that Auto Tunes and all of these plugins, um, right? Then you need you need a specialized software for that, uh -huh. which are the, yeah. In the, they call them DOS, D A Ws. DOS. What's what's it stand for? Mm -hmm. You know, this is digital <laughs> audio workstation or something like that. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah digital audio workstation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm at the moment. I'm using Audacity, and I think at at the beginning I found it a little bit difficult to you know get into the workflow, like knowing what to do and everything. Uh, but right now I'm spending less time uh, editing, which is pretty good. <laughs> it, it, although it doesn't have like probably quite a lot of options, I think. Like it, it's, it seems to me that, for example, this auto tune or well, I don't, I, I will need auto tune for a podcast. I don't think. But if you're trying to do some vocals, probably 
audacity not might not be the best option or oh, i don't know and perhaps someone someone will think the contrary so do you think it, it, at some point it would be possible to have an entire band uh created by just one person like you know this this person called uh cloud kicker right is uh, a guitar player oh really okay and, mm -hmm. yeah and he goes solo like completely solo but he's like he plays the guitar but for example i i would like to at some point you know record something but i don't know how to play anything uh do you think at some someone like me will be able to produce music without knowing exactly how to play uh, an instrument yeah i think you can do it now You, you think yeah, I, can I can do, can it, do, it, now? do it now? Yeah, there are so many really? possibilities right now. So you don't need to know an instrument. So, so um, I don't know. There's there's many things going on. So let me start. With the the first one I would say is okay. So there are these you know sequencers that you can sort of program, and it has like paths. You know, like these are like uh -huh. the squares, and then you just play one square. And it plays uh, and it and it plays like uh, any chord that you want, right? So any like uh, a set of chords. I don't know, like a synthesizer, and then you. I want to play a C major, and then you press that button, uh -huh. and yeah, and, and then you're good to go, right? Um, on the other hand, you also have software that helps you build stuff. So I, I recently purchased this. Uh, it's called Easy Bass. So I, I don't have a bass and, and I don't have a, I don't know a bass player like that can play with, uh, uh -huh. with me. So when I'm recording, it's always the bass is missing. So I just open that, that thing. And then I just click uh, what kind of uh, pattern I want him to like play or oh, what style. Okay. And then uh -huh. I just play, okay, I don't know. I want to have like doom, 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 doom. And then it searches. So it has like this library of of many like rhythms and then it finds one that you like oh, okay i found this one i really like them and uh -huh. then it plays like a real bass and then you just place the notes that you want like, like the the harmony or what what do you want like, let's say i want here a c major then an f major here and then do this and it plays by itself and it's the same with drums So this there's an oh, other uh -huh. there's an other software. It's called Easy Drums, and then this Easy Drums, <laughs> you just find just find the you just find the rhythm that you want. You actually can like click on the you see the uh, whole drum kit there, and then you click. Uh, I, I want da da, and then ba bam, do do, and then it finds in a library and it searches one that it's like super like uh, similar to the one that you find, and it gives you like the probability that they are in common and everything and then you said like with the oh, okay so. and the styles and then uh -huh. and then the, the intensity like they have also like measures like that the intensity of if you want them to be like super filled with double bass and super metal or you want it to be like soft sort of like uh, like that and then it searches and then you just drop it into the into your into your song and it and it sounds amazing so oh wow So these these days you just just need to have imagination and like sort of maybe maybe know some instrument or or play with say with these pads you know like like have a good ear like if you have a good ear uh -huh. you don't necessarily need to be a super expert in in some instrument to actually make a song. But does it does it sound real or or it still sounds like a, it might be generated by a computer? No, it sounds real because it's recorded by real people. Oh, I see. I so see. these libraries are actually recorded by by real people. So it is not exact. It's not time precise. You can make it time precise if you want. But uh, but this this guy actually make that so that it feels like like real. So it is actually a drummer. They told him, okay, play a rhythm like this, and then he plays it, and then and then it it gets stored. It, this is called this data is called MIDI MIDI data. And then uh -huh. they, it's there for you. So you know the articulations and everything keeps recorded. And then the computer is the one that, that sends you this. And, and it sounds quite, quite close to the real deal. So it must be like a gigantic library of different tones uh, that you need to search for. Yeah, but it, that's the utility of the searcher. So, you know, like you, you just click and then 
it gives you like the, the, the one that has the highest probability. So you, you don't have to like make much effort to, to do it. Okay. So the computer just does it for you. Yeah. And that's it. So for instance, do you know, so, you know, um, Meshuga, you know, right. So Meshuga, they have this album and it's called catch, catch 22, I guess. Catch 32. Uh, 32. And, and, and the drums on this album, all of, all of, all of the drums are programmed. So, so it is Thomas. Hey, really? He, he did, he did didn't play the, the drums for that. He oh, felt, I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah, he felt that he felt that it was better if it was completely made in uh, by software. So, oh. so he programmed the drums. So he programmed that those drums, but it's not it's not that it's not he. Yeah, I can't tell. I can't tell that he didn't play it. I mean, he played this uh, bleed, right? So he can play anything <laughs> he wants. <laughs> yeah, if he can play bleed, yeah, that guy is a monster. But yeah, so yeah, can you imagine? So, um, and there are multiple records, uh, like in the in the eighties as well, that actually you think that these these are like drums, but were actually like drum machines were playing those. So back in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like drum machines oh, were wow. like in a hype back there, so it was like super popular. And then some producers like you wanted to make the song the song like kind of be popular and stuff so they right. they sometimes like replace like the, the drums for for drum machines and which is which is kind of strange <laughs> <You know? laughs> nowadays you want to be everything be real right you don't want anything to be in the computer um well, right yeah one of my favorite bands this Omega. uh i think they went in play uh, well, recorded in their entire instruments in uh, in analog in the last album that that was their selling point and like it sounds great but at the same time to my unexpert ear doesn't sound too different than the previous one <laughs> it still sounds uh very very similar so well i don't see quite the advantage but probably it's just also also the artist has to kind of feel that he's creating something different perhaps that's also uh part of the incentive i would say i think it's more work you know because it's more work yeah i guess it's more work because it's takes you have to take a lot of takes and there is like mixtapes and then uh and it's more expensive and and you are more stressed i guess that's i haven't recorded with that but that's that's my guess you should be like more stressed like in the computer you just you just do, usually what they do now is like they play at home and they record everything at home and then they they record the guitar with uh like you record them like with with your amp and everything but you are also recording at the same time a signal that is completely pure from the guitar uh-huh. okay say so this one does not any distortion is exactly what comes out of the guitar and then you play with this uh-huh. and then and then you save this and then you send it to the to the guys where you are going to record stuff and then they take this signal and then they passed it through like professional amplifiers and then through through professional stuff. And then you're done, right? So so you didn't have to waste studio recording time because you did everything at home and then you just come and then they reamp everything. So, oh, I see. So that one, you minimize the number of hours you're spent in studio because studio hour, it's expensive. Yeah. One of the things. So they should have spent a lot of money in this in this album, in the production of this album. Um, so I guess you're stressed about that, right? Because you have a limited amount, uh, limited amount of hours. You don't, you don't want to go over that. And then you have to make more takes. And I guess the process is longer. Uh huh. It's, it's way more delicate to do it that way. Yeah. I think, I think it's more delicate. I think it's more delicate yeah. than doing like whole, everything like you save it in your computer and then you send them back and then you can, you can relax. Yeah. So. One time a friend of mine asked me, uh, we were having a discussion, like what's going to happen when music starts being, you know, generated by AI. And he told me that he would not enjoy it less if it was generated by AI. However, there is something about that statement that it kind of felt a little bit missing. As a listener, do you think you will enjoy it less if the entire uh, album was generated by AI? Hmm. Like, for example, say that the Octavarium was generated by AI. You kind of found out 
tomorrow that uh <laughs> ah, very much in a way by change my mind about about it about the the actual uh, would you yeah would that change your mind no i don't think so i don't think so i think the music like the emotions it, it transmits so at the end the important thing is like sort of the emotions what you feel um as a listener as a listener and then the words and everything right you know like what is the message um I, I I will feel like cheated, like because especially with with this type of music, let's say progressive music, because one of the things that you admire is the complexity and the difficulty yes. of playing it, right? So if you tell me that that actually John Petrucci didn't play all of these guitar licks and then it was actually a computer doing it, like I will feel like betrayal, right? Like betrayal instantly because this is one of the key points, uh-huh. the selling points of the band, right? Yeah. Yeah, during that discussion, another friend argued that he, he plays music, right? He's a musician, and he argued that it is also about the artist and how he feels as uh, when he's recording, he, when he's interpreting the, the piece. So probably that goes with the listener that that manifests when you go to a concert because you see the, the guy playing it. And somehow you, you end up enjoying it more, even though it sounds shittier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you can see the guy, and then you can see like, like the feeling, you know, like like the way he's feeling, he can transmit. Like you you realize, oh, this was was intended to to sound like this, right? And then yeah, and then you this gets captured there. Whereas in the computer is playing, like maybe it is actually good, maybe, but it will be like listening in the computer playing Spotify. I don't know. Uh-huh. It's it's that's that's kind of the thing that it may happen it may happen one day that you can actually like like enjoy it somehow like have you seen this doodle of back? I don't know. No, I don't know no, which no. which uh, when was this? Let me search it. It's a doodle then that uh, so back like it's like baroque right like this, this baroque style, yeah right and then and then you you sort of play some notes and then the AI. Uh, feels and composed like a song using those notes with the harmony techniques oh. that Bach did, uh-huh. and then it sounds amazing. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> it sounds like Bach totally. Yeah, I think that was his trick, right? There's this uh, anecdote that Bach went to see uh, Alexander the Great, I think, uh, and then he, uh, he played some note. And something, mm-hmm. and then back composed in front of the of of the king. And it's like, oh Jesus! <laughs> wow, no idea, no idea about. This. Yeah, he was he was great. Would you feel like you you are a mathematician and, and an artist, and kind of your field is somewhat like not that far from uh, artificial intelligence, and perhaps you know a lot more than the usual mathematician about it. Would you be interested in kind of pursuing that path into, uh, you know, developing an AI that composes music, uh, not metal uh, or progressive music? And would you feel as an artist the same as when you are playing it? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel the same. Like if, let's say I, I can, I can, I can sort of, I can think of myself working on a project like that. I would say if somebody comes, if the time comes and then the, the opportunity comes, I, w- I wouldn't say no because see, I like I like music and, and I like math. So so it is an opportunity to like uh, see see it in play, right? See how the yeah. math actually may may help uh, like developing like better I don't know like generated music or whatever. I think that sounds exciting. But it is not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like uh, recognize it as music, and I wouldn't feel like an artist because, okay, because the way the process goes is that you had no idea what the computer is going to do, right? So, uh-huh. so you just like may put data, and it it gives you something, and then something that sounds similar. So it's just trying to find patterns, and then and then show you sh- show off these patterns to you back and. Uh-huh. It may be good, but I wouldn't feel like, whoa, what an artist I am. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> like, so, someone would argue that math, mathematics, uh, pure math, is, feels more like an art because it's, you, you're kind of just finding patterns and you try to make it 
look beautiful, but probably it, trying to, uh, you know, tie that idea with uh, the same feeling that you have when you're composing a mu uh, music piece or when you're interpreting a music piece, is, it might be very different. Oh, what do you think? Well, that may happen. Let's let's say if the algorithm I make it takes into account ideas, music, music idea, uh -huh. right, of a human, and then it takes this into, you sort of like make yourself uh, or came up with this amazing idea that actually improves the way the the, the computer is generating the the sound. That will feel nice. But not like artist nice. It will feel like mathematician nice. You know, when you solve a problem okay, uh -huh. or you get like this amazing idea and you feel like, oh, this is my child. This is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will feel that yeah. way. But, um, but yes, as an artist, I, I think I think uh, it's, it's, it's a no, no. I wouldn't. It's a different feeling. Yeah, it's a different feeling. Like, yes, yes. And and the amount of work that you need to do that, it's, it's too much for the for the reward so instead <laughs> 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 music gives you reward very 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 fast and easy and much faster than mathematics Definitely. i think because doing research is uh is quite a pain uh pursuing a research career seems to be like a very painful uh way you need to be a pain resistance person uh to be successful at at research i think because it, the, the reward comes like very once in a while. And once it comes, it feels very negligible <laughs> because it lasts just for like an, a couple of hours. And then you say like, oh, that was kind of trivial. <laughs> yeah, maybe like maybe not trivial. Like I, I, I don't think that you will feel like it, it was trivial because it's some problems that you take. It takes a lot of time, like months trying to come up with something and then you came up with that and then and then you just sort of pressures it right you're like wow i, I yeah. came up with this and then i understand it right and th this is something that my advisors always says right he says like um once you prove something everything becomes trivial like everything is trivial yeah you know how to do it so so but the, if you know how to do it so that's that's the that's where the part comes right so that's all the effort and all the trials and all different things that you thought um it's an incomplete problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so and I, and and i think that you you remember those things you remember the time that you like wow i spent a lot of time in doing this i'm happy about this one yeah that's right that's right you feel kind of proud at the end when you have when you have a body of work i think then you feel proud probably of the entire narrative Mm -hmm. But I think result by result, once you prove it, it's like, mm, this doesn't sound that hard. <laughs> like the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's, that I, can, I, I understand that, yes, in the, same, in the vein that you criticize it a lot because you are your uh -huh. biggest, like, criti like, I don't know, critique, I don't know how to say that. When you're you the biggest critic. Your so... work, you're always thinking, oh, maybe I sh this is actually trivial and I shouldn't, like, publish this. This is garbage. Yeah. Like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> But but uh, but it's not trivial. Like something that you have spent like six months or more. I don't think that's that's in any ways a, a trivial task. Yeah. So sometimes it's just about the narrative that the paper or whatever work you're doing is. And I remember uh, Alan used to say that the most important part of his research was to find the right definition. Wow. So that kind of fits the narrative mm. and that makes the proof look elegant. Right. And sometimes it feels like that. It's that you want to find kind of the right definition or the right uh, question that you want to ask mm -hmm. yourself or so that it, it, it makes sense in uh, in the big picture of the problem that you're trying to solve. And it also the proof kind of look drops elegantly. And it's not just like something that you made up or looks like very uh, loopy or whatever it is. It looks unnatural. That's but, I, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't think that way. I am like trying a lot of stuff, and then oh, this one works! Yeah. <laughs> and I, <keep> <laughs> I brute force. Like I like to brute force a lot. That's my that's my way of working. My wife hates that. Your wife? <laughs> um, yeah, my wife hates that because we we she's a mathematician as well. So so we like 
Like we we were we went to school together and then we took some classes together and then uh, like analysis for instance I love I loved analysis uh-huh. when I was in my, I don't know what did you did you like analysis Yeah a little bit like uh, at the end I ended up liking algebra a little bit more but I appreciate what analysis is yeah. it's, it's okay it's uh, it has its beauty Yeah you know like this is like dichotomy among among mathematicians right so you either like a lot of analysis or you like algebra so uh I don't know, yeah. is there a third one like some maybe you like philosophy and logic maybe that's that's it. but that's more like algebraic right i don't know well probably there's like many ways to see it i have a few friends that do analysis so they they probably identify themselves what more with an analyst and they uh do set theory And that's their field of in of research. Really, wow! But from from yeah, they kind of do um, Banach spaces and uh, oh, that's well, functional analysis kind of type of stuff. Functional analysis and and probably functional analysis and uh, very very high yeah 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 many, many dimensions <laughs> way too many dimensions. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Um, so for for so okay so. My wife didn't like analysis, so she's one of the ones she didn't like analysis at, at all. She like she was more algebraic minded. I I didn't like algebra. I think it was like at the beginning when I was like taking these abstract structures, I I thought all of that was like tricks. Like you know, there is and I always remember like I think there is. Have you seen like these exercises in groups in group theory that that they give you like. Um, They give you the axioms, and then I don't know. Like you want to find, let's say, the inverse of g times h times yeah. j to the minus one times h times something, and then you have to like, you you have to do something with that, and then and then and then you have to like, came out with this weird multiplication that will actually like yeah make everything work. So it was not like you just find it, right? You just sort of find it. There is no like a an an ongoing process to actually like understand what it was the trick to multiply it here so that I obtained the thing that I wanted. So it was more like, like you thought about a lot of combinations and you sort of like understood, oh, maybe this is the way, uh, this is the way, mm. okay? This is the way my, uh-huh. maybe, maybe it's not like that. Uh-huh. Well, I think, it, I think you're right because at the beginning is it feels like you're, you're just doing a lot of, uh, you know, Trying a lot of combinations, but probably from the more algebraic uh, mind, you kind of see a little bit of patterns between like the different uh, combinations of things, and then you try kind of the right pattern. Because to me, analysis feels the same. It's that you you just try the a whole bunch of uh, inequalities and just plug them in. <laughs> a friend of mine used to say it's just a sequence of inequalities that somehow ended up going in the right direction. <laughs> okay, <laughs> actually, but but I, I'm pretty sure you see you see it very differently. <laughs> yeah, I see it different, completely different. For me, analysis is something that uh-huh. is continuous. It's something that I can imagine, like uh-huh. or like something that I can see when I when I they talk about like say open sets and 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 show that I don't know. So show that some function is continuously differentiable, and then you're you're yes, indeed you're playing with inequalities, and and that's a bit you're actually like seeing this stuff. So you're like, okay, yeah, I actually need to, uh, I I can imagine now everything. So you can like let's say you have a metric, and then you imagine like metric spaces, and then you sort of like, in my I I can imagine the balls, and then I can imagine like the points going close, like when you are talking about sequences and all of this stuff, like. Uh, I, 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 I could visualize it in my mind. Like I could, oh, and I can see that. And then I can like, from that, I could build the proof and say, oh, actually I, I couldn't do like epsilon halves here because uh, I could see what was happening. Like, I, I could imagine some balls uh-huh. there and then, oh no, I actually need like the, the epsilon over four or something like that. Something like, like that used to happen when I was working on, on my analysis uh, uh, problem. Because you imagine, Your mind works very like visually, probably. Yeah. So you yeah. see things uh, happening. You found a way to visualize those inequalities that are the formal proof in a kind of visual way, and with potatoes or something. Yeah. <laughs> It's the, like you just draw a potato, and then there's a point inside the potato. 
and that potato represents a, an open set that contains <laughs> the point. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I felt. That's the way I felt. And when I was solving my exercises, I was like, sometimes I was like, oh, let's try this. And I sort of look at it. I just sort of imagine it. And then, oh, let's try this. And then I just went right to there. And then, oh, it was not working. So I just, ah, how can I make it work? And then I just fix here, there, fix there. Oh, it works. And then I go, right? And my wife was like, but how did you, why did you do yeah. that? Like, what, why didn't you like think about like what, what was like actually behind it, like fully understand what was going on and then do it. And I was like, no, I don't know. I was just like, I have some intuition. I tried this one and then I make it work. And it works. <laughs> and it's not that it works, but I have to make it work. So I yeah. teach some stuff here and there and it worked. So, <laughs> so that's what Tiana hates about me. <laughs> yeah, now that I had to do some, some analysis in my research, really the only way I could face those problems was to do simple manipulation with the with inequalities. I have no other way to, to face a, an analysis problem, just simple manipulation. Because if I try to imagine, it just get I just get lost right away. It's like, I don't I don't know what what is it called? what is up what is down I don't know <laughs> what is outside of this <laughs> but I, I, when I remember when I talked to you about some problem that I had you always came up with like this uh, you know geometric intuition or idea and I was like wait just wait for me wait a second I, I have to put all of that in my language so that I can understand because I don't understand what you're doing. But it's kind of cool. I think it's it's really nice to when there's two people working on the same problem from very different perspectives, you kind of complement each other, and probably you get to the uh, to the understanding in a more a more holistic way. Yeah, this is one of the things that happen with when you work with more people, right? So you see, you see that other people think completely different to you, right? When you oh yes. Yeah. It's it, and it's impressive and sometimes like it something some nice things happen after that so I I think that's that's really valuable. Yeah. It is amazing that despite the fact that we think uh very differently we arrive to the same answer. <laughs> yeah. I think it is amazing that the mathematics are so consistent <laughs> that we arrive to the same answer even though it's like from very different perspectives. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Indeed I agree with that. I agree with that. You said that you are also working on, uh, or, or you know something about communication protocols uh, that part of your research has to do is related to communication protocols. And I was kind of interested uh, because of my crypto background. I see. So, I, see. I want to know. I want to know what what's exactly what you're doing. Please. So, okay, so this 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 thing goes goes um, into. So if 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 I want to make it like, should I make it technical? Yeah, as much as you want. It doesn't matter. So so I can start with like an applied problem. So so for instance, there is this there is this thing that you want to uh, how recommender systems works works like like how it, recommenders uh, uh-huh. you know you know yeah so so the idea is like let's say you are watching movies, right? And then you watch a bunch of movies and and then the uh, the, the the program wants to recommend you a new movie, right? So it yeah. wants to fill a gap that, that that it's there, right? And then and then this is like um, you can you can imagine this as 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 a huge matrix of people, right? So people versus movies, huge matrix, and then that huge matrix um, has gaps, right? So let's say you watch each row it's like a, a an user and each column is a movie right and then you can like um, you know the ratings of each people you you know that this guy like this and this and this and this other movie uh-huh. but you don't know other types of movies what what and so so there's gaps in that matrix and then and then the idea is to is to fill those gaps and how can you make that happen and in order to make that happen, there is one idea that is to find, to find, let's say, the closest matrix that has the lowest rank possible. So lowest rank meaning that, so so the thing is that if two people like, let, let's say, let's say I liked 
Lion King and 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 Toy Story. Uh-huh. You like Toy Story and and Finding Nemo, Nemo, right? So there are high chances that I like Finding Nemo as well, right? Uh-huh. Although the system didn't know that I'm uh, uh, that I that I that I want to watch Find Nemo, right? There are high chances because it's it looks like we have the same the common common background. So so. So it, we are two. I represent one row of the matrix. You represent another row of the matrix, right? So, so, so this is telling you that 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 we this this matrix is sort of like low rank. Like there's there is like uh-huh. uh, there's a lot of dependencies over there. So so what you want to do is you want to find like a matrix that it's as close as possible to it and it has like it can be represented by low low rank matrix in some sense and and this you can you can translate somehow you can translate this into the matrix can be written as a product of two low rank matrices because you have a huge matrix and then maybe i don't know you have a 100 by 100 matrix and then uh, this 100 by 100 matrix is actually uh, it's equal to the multiplication of a uh, 100 by 2 matrix times uh, 2 by, two by 100 matrix, right? Uh-huh. So it's like very low, low rank, like, yeah. So, so recomposition, you, you, you sort of think uh, in those terms, right? Uh-huh. And then, and then um, usually these rating matrices, like uh, when you're rating from 0 to 10, say these are positive, right? So it has to be positive numbers. So you want to find, you would like to find, uh, a matrix that that it's as close as possible to the one that has gaps, that is low rank, and it's also non-negative, because you want to you want to satisfy that, right? So so in some sense you want to find uh, you can sort of like um, so if if the if the matrix was positive, so you would like to factorize the matrix into the product of two non-negative matrices that has like very low rank. Uh-huh. That's how you make that. That's how you make the, the the thing, right? And then this is called non-negative matrix factorization. And this is the technique that that it was proposed. And I think it it was proposed for this Netflix competition back in I don't know, I remember the exact year. It was not far far, far like at least ten years ago maybe. And there, this was like the competition, and this one one of the one of the proposed ways to to attack this this problem. And and I think it was one million prize for the for the guys that had like the best the best algorithm to to predict like the Netflix movies and um, and this is one of the proposed algorithms and and so you can also ask the question okay so I know that it is very low rank how long is how low is that rank how what is the smallest number that I can let's say uh, you so that this multiplication gives me my matrix, right? And this is uh-huh. called the non-negative rank of the matrix. And then there is a lot of study about like these non-negative ranks, and and you give me a non-negative matrix, and then I want to find the non-negative rank of the matrix. And this is a like really really hard problem to to solve. And sort of like it has tons of applications as well in in linear programming problems. So I like optimization. So. Uh, I like uh, optimization that comes, uh, say, from combinatorial problems that are like kind of hard problems. And it turns out that usually these problems have like exponential number of inequalities. These super large inequalities. So these are like, yeah. uh, and they represent like polyhedrons uh, in dimension, let's say, n, say. But the mm-hmm. number of facets of that polytope, it's really complicated. It is like it has number exponential number of inequalities, so it's yeah. quite complicated. So, so they think about like these things of like um, maybe what if we can find this really highly complicated uh, structure as a projection of a uh, in a higher dimension as a projection of, in a higher dimension of of some polytope that is less complicated. This sounds okay. like magic, right? Like you are. <laughs> How, how, how is that possible that you have something that is super complicated, but somehow uh, when you increase the dimensions in the in many dimensions, it, it transforms into something that is actually like doable. So that that has to do with the with the factorization of the of the matrix. Indeed, so, indeed. So uh-huh. so so this this thing. Uh, so if you want to find like the um, 
um, that these kind of projections is the same as factorizing certain matrix of the polytope. Uh -huh. um, and it, it has to do with the facets and the and the and the vertices and how the vertices are are placed. You 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 measure some distances, uh, and then those the, with those distances you create a matrix. And then with for that matrix you want to factor it out as as a product of two non-negative matrices. Uh -huh. And then you will reduce sort of the number of inequalities needed depending on the rank that you find depending on that factorization. And then this gives you a, a an, an easier way to formulate the problem uh -huh. so you can solve it now faster um so so this is this is why i'm interested in in this uh is that problem mp hard mp hard i don't know yeah i don't know i don't know the exact complexity <laughs> I, have, I have to know this better um but yes, it, it's it's hard. Like you cannot do it. You cannot. There's no polynomial time algorithm to solve that. That thing. It's just it's just too hard. Um, to find that non-negative rank of a matrix, it's it's just too hard. Um, and then and then uh, this factorization can be like stated as a as a communication protocol problem. So okay, factorization of the matrix and and it's it's kind of interesting. So so let's say. Let's say now the matrix has only zeros and ones, uh -huh. only zeros and ones, right now, and then which is the case in many in this matrix for many like combinatorial problems. This is what is going to happen for, for that. So it's like zero one matrices, and then the the idea is to, so I want to communicate a matrix efficiently in some way. So, so. You have like this matrix, okay? Alice and Bob can see this matrix, okay? Yeah. The task of them is to understand what is the element in the IJ entry of this matrix. So that is the question. What is the IJ the IJ entry? The value of the IJ entry. Uh-huh. And then and then but uh, to Bob I give only the I. I, I only give him the, the row. And to Alice, I only give them the, the J, right? And they need to communicate to themselves and they need to realize what is in the entry IJ. So, so Alice just sees a complete column, right? And Bob sees uh -huh. only a row. And they want to find the intersection of the, the entry IJ, IJ, right? So I give to Bob, I give row I. To Alice, I give uh, column J. And they, they need to find what is the value of of the entry ij okay like this is easy right so i can just tell alice the 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 row i right so i if i'm bob i just tell okay alice i'm in in row i <laughs> and she said okay so the value is this one but but you you want to do it more efficiently so maybe not communicating the the row itself because maybe it may be like to to uh, consume too much too much energy and then you want to reduce like the number of the amount of information shared between them uh -huh. so um, so maybe the row i has certain properties and then you these these properties you send you tell okay alice my 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 row has uh, this many number of 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 ones say and then oh and then they then alice says oh i see so the possible rows are these ones, uh, and then I tell Bob, uh, Alice tells Bob, "Oh, actually, the the column that I see has only two two ones." And then Bob goes back to him and then says, "Oh, now I know that the entry was uh -huh. equal to one, right? Because they only need to know the value, right? They're only interested in, in knowing the value of the of the matrix, of the of of the entry ij." Uh huh. And it's only zero one. Um. How can I how can I do this better? So I think I think the way I don't know if you have you seen like they want to like you're you, I'm giving a function f depending on two on two parameters i and j, yeah right, and then and then the task of i of of Bob and Alice is to know what is what is the value of f i j, yes. And I give Bob, I give I, and to and to Alice, I give I give J. Uh -huh. 
and then they want to like, okay, what is the value of a and j? So for instance, I let's consider let's say the function is 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 and the and function. So I give I give a set of, of bit strings to Bob, a set of big strings to to Alice, and then they want to figure out uh, like some some computation of those bit strings. Say say I want to find the and function or something like that, and then yeah. they want to communicate this uh, between each other. Um, Using the less amount of information, so is this is that that sort of that sort of the idea? <laughs> it's, it's hard to explain. So <laughs> in 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 crypto terms, the thing is that you give someone above like the oracle uh, f i dot into Alice the oracle f dot j, and yeah. they want to find they want to find the value of f i j exactly. And they know the entire matrix. It's an n by n uh, matrix, or yeah. uh -huh. exactly. So so and then and then the amount of information that they share, this is equivalent to the rank. It's sort of like I'm butchering a lot of stuff. It's not like equivalent, equivalent, but it, but it's but it's like equivalent to let's say uh, to this to factorize find and a negative factorization of their matrix with the uh -huh. lowest rank possible. So that low, that rank is going to be equal to the number of bytes, uh, two to the number of bytes that they that they share between each other, bits, two to the number of bits that they share between each other is equal to like the, the negative rank of the matrix. And, and the, probably it is, it is important for them to not reveal what I and J is. You can do it, but the thing is that I and J are really, really long, right? So you know that the number of rows is two to the n, and the number of columns is two to the n. So in, to encode that, you need at least you need you need uh, n bits, right? To say uh, it's, it's two to the n, right? So so you need like a, n uh -huh. bits to, to share this. But you want to do it in let's say log n bits of information to share that. So you can do that. That is perfectly fine. But it's just too too computationally heavy. So, okay. so you want to reduce that amount in some way. Also, it, there is there is a protocol that makes that possible just using log n bits. Let's say yes, if they uh -huh. want, they want to determine that is possible, and that is possible only if you can factorize the matrix. If you can oh, I see, matrix, I see. Then you only can actually find the protocol, and then and then and uh -huh. by the if you can find the protocol, then you can actually find the, then the factorization of the matrix. It's sort of it's yeah. sort of sort of magical in that sense. Uh, and the and the problem that I'm like. Uh, facing and uh, right now it's like with graphs, you know. So uh, and then it's 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 the stable set problem. Uh huh. So so in the stable set problem, I am given to Bob. I give I give him an, a stable set. And to Alice, I give him I give her an edge of the graph. What is stable set? Oh, sorry, an independent set. So it's a subset of vertices. That that they don't have an edge between each other. Okay. And then and then to Alice they give an edge, and then they want to the the, the matrix. Uh, it is it is it is one if if the if the if the, is the intersection of S and J of, of of the stable set and the and the edge, right? Okay. Uh -huh. So so the question is whether whether the edge is touching the the stable set or not. That is that is the task, and they have they need to figure out like whether the stable set intersects with the, with the edge. So I give yeah yeah yeah. So so there are too many too many stable sets, right? It's it's maybe two to the n number of vertices, right? Yeah. So it is too large. It's too large. So so Bob cannot simply <laughs> tell her what is the stable set because in order to encode that information, it requires a lot of stuff to do. And and Alice and Alice uh, like maybe maybe you have like n square edges uh, so you have yeah you so so maybe you want to make it less than n square somehow uh, by sharing some important information about the edges say 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 Alice there is only for instance suppose that there is only one vertex in the graph that has a hundred neighbors right. Okay. And it's unique with that property. And and Alice has one edge 
uh, that 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 has that that has that that has that vertex, right? So Alice can say to 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 Bob, "Hey man, I have the vertex that has a hundred uh, uh, that is adjacent to a hundred other vertices," and the Bob say, "Oh, that vertex never chose, never I never intersect that guy, so I know that intersection is empty." And then they communicated the the actual value of the matrix in this way without telling each other what what was the what was the the total like information. Uh-huh. So so this is this is a task that uh, that you I want to uh, like do it. And this is this is the connection, right? So so and then and then yeah. it is super useful to to derive like like upper bounds for the rank. Because usually it is it is easy to to came up with the protocols. So you sort of play, you sort of imagine the protocol, and then you okay, I can use this protocol. And since I can use that protocol, then the the negative rank is upper bounded by something. Uh-huh. There may be a, a more efficient protocol, but uh, it's just an upper bound, right? We can only do much, right? When when you were talking about like factoring matrices, I thought you have like a, an RSA. Uh, equivalent in using matrices. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I think the way they do it is just to just finding in the Euclidean norm. So you just go uh-huh. super continuous, you know? So, so you take the matrix and then you you create two like variables, X, X, like two variable matrices that you multiply uh-huh. them. And then you want to reduce the, the Euclidean norm. Of, of those matrices and then you sort of and then you you require that the matrices are negative and that's that's sort of like how you try to find the, the closest one and that's how they do it in, in practical in recommender systems that's the way they do they solve like this optimization problem they finding what is the, sh- the closest matrix to here and then and yeah. then that's how they do it that's how they do it in, in these algorithms in this Oh, that's very interesting. At some point, you should come up with the Romero uh, crypto system. <laughs> <laughs> Romero protocol. <laughs> oh, that's we super- make music, music and cryptography. <laughs> <laughs> Julian, thank you very much. Oh, no, thank no, you so no. much for coming here. It's uh, it's been a pleasure to know all of the intricacies of your interest and. Uh, your expertise in optimization and how to select Netflix movies. <laughs> Do you know which one is the next one I'm watching? Oh, hmm. Let me see. Um, maybe I <laughs> questions and I can know the answer. <laughs> you can't. You can't tell the answer in life. <laughs> Just write it down. Yeah, for knowing your next Netflix one. Uh, wow, I don't know. So, what are you watching right now? That that's our problem. Uh, Joy and I are thinking about getting a TV, but then she said we don't have anything to watch in the TV. The only thing I watch is the Premier League. <laughs> I don't watch anything else. No, I I think there are, there are a lot of things that are actually like really interesting. I'm watching right now like this uh, the Queen's Gambit. It's a Netflix Queen's series Gambit. about like this this uh, chess? chess player. Really? Yeah, it's girl. a chess movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a oh. chess series. It's a series, actually. Okay, I'm interested in that. So it's, in, it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Magnus Carlsen? No, oh. it's a girl. It's a girl. It's a girl. Oh, it's a girl. It's a girl, and then oh. she's... I don't know what year is that. Maybe, like, 50s or something? And and, and she's, like, an orphan. And oh, and I she see. Loves, she, she's actually super, super smart, and then... She's like beating everybody. <laughs> she's like super, super good at chess. So it's, it's it's super good. But at the same time, she's like a rebel. So <laughs> that, that makes perfect. It has some drama in it and everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's there is there is there is some drama there, but it's actually really good. It's it's fun. I'm gonna convince, try to convince Joy to watch it. Wow, there's Let's another see. one that is I we're watching, which is called. Kim's Convenience. I don't know. Have you heard of this one? King's Convenience? Kim's. Yeah, Kim's Convenience. Kim's. Oh, Kim's. Like, I thought like, like exactly Queen's yeah. Gambit and King's. <laughs> this one is in Toronto, actually. Like this this one. This, this is like a comedy, like, sort of thing. It's And it's in Toronto. 
Uh, it's based in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's Korean. It's a Korean family. Super funny. Super funny. <laughs> Super funny how everything is happening there. Like the stereotypical type of like, you know, like Asian family. And then they go through like, like the parents come from Korea. and uh, But the girl is from Toronto. So they, they, yeah. they're Canadians and they forget also like, a little their bit culture. of the Korean, uh, like traditions and everything. And then the, like they fight with their families and the, the, the fathers are like super protectors and, or like telling them what to do or what not to do. And then, so, so it, yeah. it's quite, it's quite nice. You're going to have that problem, eh? Yeah. You're going pretty to have good. that problem. Pretty I'm going to have that problem too, but not, you're closer to that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty soon, pretty soon, Lucho. Pretty soon. Oh, thank you, thank you, Julian. No, uh, Lucho, thank you so much for having me. It was like amazing. So, uh, good luck with the baby. And <laughs> well, I mean, when it comes, hopefully we can record something before she comes, and uh, and then after she comes, and you can bring her over. <laughs> <laughs> Say her first words to the world. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, and I also need to record your your stuff. Oh yeah, I I have the intro already, kind of, but just the voice. So now it'll be your your job to make to make the the background music. <laughs> um, maybe you can hear the music that I play. Uh, like I was thinking something, but it's it's like it's it's way it's way too early to to maybe I I can show you some of it. Yeah, but offline. There's no there's no give spoilers. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, Lucho. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.